This is Cliff Mass, and welcome to my weather podcast. Each week, I talk about current weather, provide a forecast for the weekend and beyond, and give you more details about an interesting weather phenomenon. It's Friday, September 30th, and let's talk about the weather forecast. The warm, dry conditions that have dominated our summer and early fall are still with us. And the longer it stays warm and dry, the more unusual it gets, particularly as we enter October, which typically starts to cool down and the rain starts to return. But I'll tell you, my tomatoes are still very happy. The key weather features that are affecting us include a ridge of high pressure over the west coast with two troughs of low pressure to to its east and its west. This is called an omega pattern because it looks like the Greek letter omega if you look at a weather map. And this pattern is usually quite stable over time. It doesn't change much. It's hard to change. And that certainly looks like it'll be true. Today, Friday, will be sunny with highs around 70 in western Washington. Um, The weekend will be dry, and the highs here in the west will surge into the upper 70s on Saturday and near 80 on Sunday. Pretty amazing. The Columbia Basin will also be sunny, uh, but temperatures will be up a little bit higher in the mid-80s. Now, in eastern eastern Washington, with temperatures dropping into the mid to upper 40s at night in some locations, um, these areas will experience a very large daily or diurnal temperature range, with sweaters needed at night, but t-shirts during the day. The pattern that I just described with the ridge over the west coast will continue into next week, And I expect to see a slight cooling trend. So whatever you have over the weekend, knock off a few degrees, and that should be Monday through Wednesday. There's no precipitation in sight and plenty of sun. The weather's going to be really quite beautiful, really nice for a hike or whatever. And tomatoes should be very happy for the rest of the week. Now, wildfires, that's something people are concerned about. There really isn't a major wildfire threat, even with this warmth and dryness because of the lack of winds. But there is one exception to this, and that is Northwest Oregon on Saturday. There's going to be some easterly flow. A thermal trough is coming up. So if you're in Northwest Oregon, you've got to be careful and not to start any fires or whatever. And that's going to be mainly Saturday into early Sunday. So be careful there. Thanks for listening. Weather doesn't end with the forecast. Now let's talk about the special weather topic of the week. In this podcast, I'm going to tell you about hurricane prediction skill and how it's changed over the past decades and talk briefly about the forecast of Hurricane Ian. And if you can, bring up my blog, because I have some complimentary graphics on that. During the past decades, there has been substantial increases in forecast skill of where hurricanes will move. To put it another way, 
the track error, the difference between the forecast position and the actual position of hurricanes over time, that error has greatly declined. Consider hurricanes over the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, for the 72-hour forecast, the track errors have declined from around 300 kilometers, that's about 186 miles, to 75 kilometers or 47 miles. So that's a tremendous decrease in forecast error over the period of roughly 1990 to 2021. Um, how about the 24-hour forecast error? Again, from roughly 1990 to 2021. That error has dropped to about 35 kilometers. That's 22 miles. Pretty impressive. Now, why have the track forecasts gotten so good? The reason is that our global forecast models have greatly increased in skill. And the motion of hurricanes, the track of the hurricanes, uh, is essentially controlled by the large-scale flow that these global weather models are able to forecast with great accuracy. A big driver of the increased global forecast scale is the massive amount of satellite information we, we receive. We have all these billion-dollar weather satellites up there, and they provide a three-dimensional picture of the atmosphere over the entire planet, including the oceans. And the models have increased in resolution and better physics as well. So track error, forecasting where the hurricanes will go, that's gotten much better. But then there's the, the issue of forecasting the intensity of, of hurricanes. And that's not as positive a story. Now, don't get me wrong. Hurricane intensity forecasts have improved but they've only improved modestly. And substantial errors often exist uh, even when the landfall location of the hurricane is ac accurately predicted. But why is predicting hurricane intensity, how, how deep the pressure is, how strong the winds, why is forecasting intensity so difficult? A key question or a key issue is the fact that hurricanes are relatively small-scale features and are contr critically controlled by thunderstorms and thunderstorm rain bands, which have scales of only a few kilometers. Only very high-resolution models can properly simulate the inner workings of hurricane thunderstorms, which are often called convection, and things like the eye walls and the rain bands moving into it. You need super high resolution models to do that, and these have only become viable during the last few years. And quite honestly, these are works in progress. But the problems are worse than that. It is hard to get sufficiently high resolution data to describe in detail the structures of hurricanes. And there are also lots of uncertainties about some of the physics of hurricanes like the transfer of heat and moisture at the ocean surface into the atmosphere during high wind periods. In fact, I have some people here in my department who are working on that problem. Finally, some studies have suggested that hurricane intensity may be inherently difficult or impossible to predict more than a few days out. It's just too complex 
to nonlinear system. But with all that said, there is a lot of work going on trying to improve hurricane intensity forecasts with improved models, higher resolution models, dropping weather sensors in and around hurricanes, placing drones, sail drones with observations in the path of hurricanes and much more. So I think we'll see improvement in intensity, but it's a very difficult problem. Finally, let's talk about Hurricane Ian. Over a week before the storm hit, the global models were predicting the potential of a major hurricane moving into the eastern Gulf of Mexico. Pretty impressive. And the models held on to, to forecasting an historic storm. But moving closer to landfall, the various model systems diverged. The European Center and the UK Met Office models, which are known as the best in the world, accurately predicted landfall near Fort Myers on the central portion of Florida's west coast. In contrast, at the same time, the American models, like the GFS model, took the storm further towards the west with landfall north of Tampa. Now this path, the American path, greatly threatened Tampa, and as a result, some very strong warnings went out. You may remember they were in the media. But as the storm intensified and approached Florida, it became clear that the southern track, the one predicted by the European Center and the UK Met Office model, would verify. And by 48 hours out, in the last 48 hours before landfall, all the forecasting systems were on the same page. In short, the hurricane forecasts provided for Ian were of sufficient quality to ensure that all Western Florida residents had good warning of the upcoming wind, storm surge, and precipitation. The U.S. National Hurricane Center, the forecasters there, did an excellent job with the storm. But U.S. meteorologists have a lot to do. Our global models are not as good as the European models, and they need to be improved. We need better high-resolution hurricane models, and we need to learn to better communicate the uncertainties in our hurricane forecasts. But in any case, we've come a long way in hurricane prediction. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Feel free to send me your questions or any topics you would like me to cover. This podcast will be available every Friday morning on my blog and major podcast platforms. If you would like to support this podcast, feel free to use the Patreon link on my blog. See you next time.